that that needs to be on a reason together t-shirt not all trash picking is good trash picking (laughs) (laughs) hashtag nuance Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas here with Daniel for episode 174. And a good morning or whatever time you're listening to this podcast to you. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good. We'd like to uh, begin by thanking our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together who have uh, given of their dollars to help support this podcast and pay our editors and uh, the people behind the scenes here other than us. So uh, thank you for that uh, to our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash reason together and pick one of the various membership levels there. Or if you are a patron and you would like to increase your pledge to a higher membership tier, you can certainly do that very easily. And you can become an elite patron in which you get the after show bonus episode, which we record after every show. Um, And that's pretty easy to do as well. In fact, somebody just did that recently. Yeah. So we, uh, we must shout out John. Uh, for increasing his patron pledge to the elite level and now getting access to the after show. And he gets a t-shirt out of that. And uh, just, uh, he gets our, uh, <laughs> our, our forever gratitude. <laughs> so thank you for that. Which by the way, interesting side note here, John is my father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so even more surprising that he would increase his level to hear more of it. No, just kidding. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just kidding. Um, Thank you very yeah. much, John. I will say that um, I heard um, I heard someone say just here a few days ago that now getting to hear the uh, bonus episode, that it was so good it was it was almost better than the regular episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, I've been listening through several, um, and um, and not and not that saying it was it was better necessarily, but I just I, I thought, well, great. Uh, they thought that, the content really was. Uh, was that after the most recent after show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. yeah. I don't know that it was just in relation to that after show. Uh, but in listening through several, uh, though I'd heard that it made somebody pretty tense. Um, <laughs> you know, I say, well, I hope it was well, not so stressful that he stops listening to after shows, yeah. but, uh, well, the reason I ask is because I'm wanting to sell it kind of hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, because, uh, so for, for, for those who don't get the after show, <clears throat> you know who you are. Um, <laughs> the, the after show is usually like 20 minutes or so. And it's a little bit more, I don't know how to describe it. Not relaxed, I should say, but we dive into things. So like in the main episode, we're like friends who have conversations, right? In the after show, we're more like brothers who sometimes spat. It's the only way I know how to describe it because brothers can have disagreements with each other and even sometimes get a little uh, spicy with each other, but yet it's just still brothers. It's just the, the relationship's still there. And, um, uh, that's kind of what our most recent after show was. It was 40 minutes long because it got a little spicy. <laughs> I asked our editor when he was finished, I said, what did you think of that? Just, just your thoughts. And he's like, well, it was kind of spicy. <laughs> so anyway, if you would like to become an elite patron, Folks, now is your time to do it because it's right there in the queue. It's the previous episode, episode 173. Um, I'm selling the after show hard. Go become an elite patron over at patreon.com slash reason together and you'll get access to all of the after show. Not to mention a good looking uh, t-shirt. Yes. yes. Some quality menswear or ladies wear as the yeah. case may be. <laughs> and we have a full stock of them at this point. I just finished, I think I must've done like, I want to say a hundred of them. I don't know. I don't remember wow. all different sizes and stuff. I I've, so, I lost count. It somebody, took a was while. Talk, somebody was talking to me recently about their, about the shirt and, uh, and commented on the quality of the shirt that, uh, you know, I think they'd thrown it in the wash expecting it to shrink like most do. <laughs> and, yeah. 
and it didn't, I guess, at least not to the degree that they thought. So anyway, that's good. Yeah. Well, maybe most people don't know, but I actually print those myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. No joke. I have a screen printer, uh, like a little four color screen printer. Of course, the shirts are only one color, but uh, one ink color that is. And we buy Jersey's brand t-shirts. They are pre-shrunk. If I remember right, you can see all the stats about them. On our website, under the support tab, there should be a place to show you where you can buy a t-shirt and uh, it gives you the details on it. They're a good quality shirt and a good good. quality ink. And uh, the guy who makes them, uh, maybe not so great quality guy, but uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't mind a spicy guy making your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and, And to be clear, you don't have to be a patron to buy a shirt. You can just buy them. Oh, right. Anybody can buy a shirt. Sure. Go on there, buy all hundred of them. I don't care. Do it. That's great. That would help us a lot to pay our editors and such. But you just wouldn't get access to, you know, after show number 173. Just saying. But, yeah, uh, you know. All right. (laughs) Okay. It was a weird Uh, one. uh, (laughs) Let's see here. Jumping into our list. Were you going to say something else? Yeah, I was going to say something else. I think considering the, uh, the last episode being... What it was, <clears throat> the last several episodes been kind of heavy. Um, I thought it's time for story time. <laughs> okay. Whatever value this might have, I don't know, but this was on my mind recently and it was kind of a funny story. And uh, my wife said, You should share that on the podcast. That's funny. And by the way, this story includes two people that I know for sure listen to this podcast. I did not ask their permission to tell this story. But I'm doing it anyway, <laughs> because I think it's kind of sort of adorable. And uh, <clears throat> okay, yes. So we have we have two listeners um, that are <laughs> my two listeners. <laughs> that, well, hey, don't there don't was a pause in out. there. Let me finish the sentence. <laughs> uh, we have uh, two listeners who, um, who <laughs> that was, that's, that's kind of like that time we were voted like the number two podcast on the charts. And then like down in the fine print, it was like in the Azores or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a few weeks later, we were way down the list even there. Yeah, oh, no. I don't remember where it was, but it, I thought it was funny because like, wow, we're the number two podcast. What? And then in the Azores, <laughs> it was like, I think um, it was Micronesia or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're right. It was Micronesia. Yeah. yeah. One, one of those places with islands. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, anyway, so we've got two listeners. So, yeah. We got <laughs> one of these <laughs> listeners. This story is about them when they were younger. So um, guys, if this makes you mad, forgive me, but it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. So um <clears throat> That's probably not a good philosophy for life, but no, no. <laughs> I'm using but, it for now. Yeah, um, but don't worry. You're the only ones hearing it because you're only, are only two listeners. So yeah, nobody else go. is really going to know it anyway. Just That's kidding. Right. That's right. All right. Go um, ahead. So, so the story has to do with my brother's in-law, um, Nathan and Matthew. And okay. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story that involves them. Um, but I have to begin with a question. Um, have you ever taken something out of the trash? Uh, have I ever taken something out of the trash? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, probably yeah. like like I, realized, oh, I got to dig something yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean just something that you accidentally threw out in your own trash. Have you ever taken something out of somebody else's trash? Hmm, I don't know that I have. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so for background, um, where I grew up in in Jersey mm-hmm. is different than a lot of places where people throw things out. So. In Jersey, people don't have a lot of space, typically, in the more Mm -hmm. densely populated areas. Their houses Mm -hmm. are small. They live in duplexes. They live in apartments. When they get a new thing, they don't really have space to store the old thing. So they oftentimes will just put the old thing out on the curb. Yeah. And they will throw things out that actually still have some value to them. Sure. And when we were kids, my brother and I, we actually would go around the neighborhood and we would find where people threw out bicycles Hmm. and they were often semi-junked and we would fix them up. We actually would go, I don't know. I shouldn't say we, I would go to the bike shop down on main street in our town and I would look through their dumpster and I would find parts and I would fix up bikes 
uh, that wow. I had found on the street. And we mm-hmm. ended up with like 40 bikes in our basement. And then eventually we had a yard sale and we would sell the bikes or at least try to. Um, I think for a while we were just hoarders with bikes. But uh, um, <clears throat> anyway, I, when 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 my brothers-in-law were little... Um, and, and I've known, I've known Matthew since he was like four years old. I've known Nathan since, I don't know, six or seven. Uh, I forget. They were real little guys. And <clears throat> I would come over to their house, you know, and, 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 and I would tell stories, you know, as, as such as life goes, you tell stories about things. I tell them about, you know, where, where I grew up, you know, you could go outside and you could actually find really good stuff just sitting on the curb. And it's not like that everywhere. Right. But Mm -hmm. I didn't think to say that. Okay. And even when we lived in Pennsylvania, right, we lived in an area of Pennsylvania, right around the corner was a super nice neighborhood and people there, they had money. They would throw things out that, you know, you could sell at a yard sale for good money. Right. And we'd just drive around, we'd look for stuff. And and I realized that makes me sound like kind of, kind of weird and creepy, but no, I, I would do it. Yeah, there was good stuff. I'm not even kidding you. Good stuff. And I did not think at the time what this would do to the mind of a child. Yeah. Now, for further context, my in-laws live, lived in LaGrange, Missouri. They they still live there. But Nathan and Matthew grew up in LaGrange, right? And uh, LaGrange is not what you'd call a, how could I say this sensitively? Not highly urbanized. Sure, sure. Um, you're more likely to find a pit bull tied to a stake running a circle in the yard in the Grange than you would be likely to find a good bicycle in the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the greatest town ever. Okay, this it's it's a little 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 junky. Um, and I don't remember how it happened or how Nathan and Matthew ended up doing it. But I remember hearing that later after I had told them this story, they ended up like tearing into people's trash bags on the curb (laughs) somehow. Like, I don't even know how they got there because they lived kind of out in the country. It's like, what were they doing in town looking through trash bags? I'll have to get them. Fellas, when you listen to this comment, it straightened me out if I'm getting the story wrong, but I thought it was hilarious because here's these two little kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're just thinking, cool, we're going to find stuff in the trash. And they're, they're opening up black trash bags. And know. one of the rules in, in good garbage picking, <laughs> never thought I, I would say that statement. Um, <laughs> you're not going to find good stuff in a black trash bag. Okay. <laughs> the stuff you, you, you're going to find is just sitting on the curb. Uh, it's there in the open, right? But I, I remember laughing myself silly because I'm picturing these two little kids tearing open black trash bags, looking, looking for inside them for stuff that they could take home. I just thought it was great. And I told the story recently and Rosa said, you should tell them on the podcast. Um, guys, I'm sorry if that's embarrassing, but I thought it was adorable and, and hilarious at the same time. So. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. And it's also a way to provoke um, feedback. You know, we just start telling, you know, I tell a part of the story that's false, like go too far, yeah. you know, and then yeah, you, got dirt on, to... you got dirt on anybody else. <laughs> that's, well, we'll do it once <laughs> per episode. We'll just tell false narratives and then they have to write in to defend themselves. Well, yeah, we're getting all kinds of feedback, right, right, right. you know, an uptick in our feedback. Yeah. Um, no. Um, anyway, I thought it was time for story time and I thought that was a fun story. So. <laughs> um. And we draw the lesson, number one, be careful who you expose your children to. (laughs) I knew that was coming. And number two, um, you teach them the uh, intricacies of garbage picking. Nuance. 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 That's the lesson. Nuance. Nuance. Yes. Uh, Some details are... uh, Yep. Not all trash picking is good trash picking. (laughs) (laughs) And some details are not better left unsaid. That that needs to be on a Reason Together t-shirt. Not all trash picking is good trash picking. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag nuance. <laughs> That's good. Yes. <laughs> People are like, yep. Huh? That's coming next. Okay. And you didn't even have to wait for an after show for that one. That's just available to everybody. Right, right. Right there. That's a taste, a taste of what you'll get. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of creativity, 
Um, <laughs> well, that was a ju- very rough segue. <laughs> <laughs> thought maybe we would uh, throw out another question here. Okay. Um, so I had this on hold, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, okay. I'm just going <laughs> to throw it out there. But uh, we we certainly would um, commend creativity, right? We know that we have a creative God. and uh, Depends on I, what you're making, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's given us the ability to create. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, I, I think I would even argue the um, that's how he designed us was to create, to take the things that he's given to us and um, and to continue to to steward and to um, oh, what's the original word um, that I'm thinking of for a garden? Um, cultivate. Uh, no, not quite. But that's you know cultivate. So you got the things that you have. You grow them. You use them. Um, anyway. God's a creative God. He's made us creative people. And so we take the, the elements that he's made, a, you know, given us and we, we create other things with it by the ability he's given to us. Uh, and we can see that in, you know, a million different uh, uh, things throughout, you know, the last generation or throughout history. Uh, people are just creators and it's neat to see. Um, well, we do that. Um, where, where I where I question it is where it gets where it comes closer and closer to home in that we become creative with our own uh, bodies, um, and so we we apply makeup right. Well, make, mm-hmm. Applying makeup and this is typically a lady thing, um, but it's uh, we would say it's an art. Uh, I would say to a point that there's a certain point where we go, where a lady would go, Oh no, no, that's, that's too much. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a way and there's an amount of which to apply. And in a certain way it looks good. Oh, you go too far and it looks bad. And anyway, but, but there, if you will, they maybe apply some creativity in applying something to themselves that they feel like betters the end product, the look that they want. Um, mm-hmm. Then some go as far as say to color their hair, um, maybe to, um, insert colored contacts. Um, um, you know, you can do that, right? That you can actually change color of yeah. your eyes with your contacts. Sure. You can even get lightning bolts and whatever, if you want on your contact, um, yeah. certain ones, you know, so if you're really going for like some, yeah, weirded out design or something, um, you know, so that I would say that's a form of creativity in essence that you're, you're, you're taking this canvas of you and you're, you're doing something with it in a way that you feel like would beautify it. Um, uh, from a different angle, we we would get something like a LASIK surgery, right? Or or any or other surgeries, but LASIK in particular mm-hmm. is um, you know an eye corrective surgery that eliminates the need, at least in the early half of life, for glasses uh, because it's kind of a more of a more permanent um, vision correction. Um, so. In some ways, I think we're we're pretty good, uh, maybe to varying levels with that kind of creativity. But then, when I guess what got me thinking about this maybe was uh, genetic modification. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you start to say, um, "Oh, now we can actually go into the DNA and we can alter DNA and we can uh, we can affect an outcome." And if you want to call that creativity, you know, whatever ingenuity, technology that I can alter the original design to bring an outcome that I feel, I'm saying I generally, I feel would be uh, beneficial, right? Uh, So I'm just wondering at what point does creativity become playing God? Uh, Where have we crossed a moral line? Um, And you do a good job um, at times of of drawing what we're talking about to scriptures and inserting, oh, you know, the the Bible says this. And so I'm I'm, I'm curious for some some biblical thought here that that pins this issue down, at least in certain areas, like, well, here's something we do know. Here's something we do know. Um, So, yeah, when we talk about genetic genetic modification— I have thought about this before, and I have often wondered, where is the line between the dominion over creation that we're supposed to have, Mm -hmm. and for lack of a better word, discontentment? Mm. And maybe Mm -hmm. that really is what strikes at the heart of it, 
is that discontent can become an unhealthy reason to use creativity. So like, for instance, I do believe that we're supposed to have dominion over the earth. We're supposed to utilize our resources to advance things uh, and to make discoveries and to, to implement changes that, that can, in fact, uh, make things easier. That's just a natural part of creativity. Mm-hmm. is to have dominion over creation and the resources that we have. You know, we can thank that that the concept of dominion, we can thank that concept for a lot of the advances that we have in medicine and technology and such. However, I do think what makes those things go too far is a spirit of discontentment. Um, so <clears throat> I'm content that if if let's say my wife was going to have a baby, I am content that if there were uh, treatments available to rectify an issue in utero that might help the health of the child, I would be content with with that. If there was, I don't, and I don't have an exact example in my mind, but let's say there was some sort of, I don't know, nutrient deficiency or some sort of. Uh, something that would uh, prevent mm-hmm. the baby from from you know experiencing catastrophic you know casualty and failure in the womb. Um, I would be content with that. I mean, for instance, you know, a lot of ladies take prenatal vitamins, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Is that an advancement of medicine in a sense in which we have used dominion over our resources to make something better? Well, yes. However, if my wife is going to have a child and we're like, you know what? I don't know that I want it to be a boy. I'd rather have a girl. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks, that, okay, that's not, that's not a health issue that I'm looking to prevent. That's a discontent that I'm looking to satisfy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Um, the idea of genetic engineering in that way, it, in a sense, stops a natural process that God would have done anyway. And in a sense, it, it makes me so that I can have a designer baby, right? I don't think that's right. Yeah. So, and that's part of the the question is to say, um, um, you know, is that the line that we say, well, this particular attribute is a result of sin, you know, namely the the corruption, <coughs> the the the, uh, the curse on creation, the effects of sin that uh, that this this child would have been born um, with a proclivity towards this disease, toward this hereditary disease, and by yeah. by maybe manipulating certain genes or whatever, I can uh, I can eliminate this her- the the chances of this hereditary disease because that would be part of if you will, the curse of the world. But I would like him not to have blonde hair, um, and I'd like to increase his cranial capacity, and I would like, uh, you know, whatever. And I, and I, so like you say, I, I want a custom baby. Well, that's to me, that's the God, the baby God made, right? And I mean, He was going to give you a boy with with uh, with brown hair and brown eyes, but you say, ah, I kind of like a girl with blonde hair and green eyes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that wasn't trying to mitigate the effects of sin. That was just trying to step in and change the original design. But, but where is that distinction biblically? Um, is it simply, I mean, understanding that you, you talked about, what was your word? You used um, dominion, okay? I, I'd have to say that obviously dominion, uh, the authority God gave us, was the authority to operate inside of his design. Yeah, not to alter his design. Um, so right. I think that's an important component. Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be a line somewhere between taking care of yourself and, in a sense, changing what God has made. Um, you know, like, uh, I'm thinking, like, so in Ephesians 5, right, Paul is, is talking about marriage and the church. I think he's primarily talking about the church. And he uses marriage as an illustration, um, though some might think it's the other way around. But I digress. <laughs> um, 
But he says about loving your wife to love her as your own body, right? Yeah. And essentially, and I'm trying to remember how he says it, but no one ever hated his own flesh, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. But he nourishes it and he cherishes it. Mm-hmm. So there is a biblical sense in which I think it is justifiable to use creative dominion to take care of your flesh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to a point, right? Um, sure. Like even, even Paul told Timothy, you know, to how he should fix his stomach problem uh, and so on. Um, however, the body is the temple of, of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. First Corinthians six. Um, so there, there seems to be some sort of limit because we are not our own. <laughs> right. So we're, we're stewards of a body that is not our own. It's been bought with a price. So there must be a limit somewhere based on the principle of ownership on what we can mm-hmm. and cannot do with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes the idea of genetic engineering sort of strike my conscience in a bad way mm-hmm. is that it is in a sense messing with the temple in a way mm-hmm. that isn't just for nourishing and cherishing my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's just connecting to me something that I said. So you're kind of the nourishing and cherishing aspect of course has the, would, would bring into play the, um, the healing aspect that if there was something wrong, um, that I would, I would, um, I would attempt to improve something that's wrong, but to simply modify something that's natural, that wouldn't just be, uh, what was the word you used again? Cherishing and nourishing 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 so like feeding your body obviously taking care of maintaining what you have right uh to say i want something different is different than saying i want to try to heal myself yeah like maybe a good example of this would be uh anabolic steroids right and and i'm just thinking okay, off what's the anabolic here. mean so uh it's it's the idea of um i'm blanking here for a second um you're familiar with uh, guys who take uh, steroids for muscle gains. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think anabolic, if I remember right, has to do with how cells process oxygen. Okay. Um, but I, I don't want to be quoted on that. I'm not sure. I'm not looking it up at the moment. So, but I'm thinking it has to do with how the cells process oxygen. Okay. Um, so anyway, if you want to, if you want to get strong, right. If you feel like mm-hmm. I, I need to get strong, I think that's a responsibility that I have as a man to be strong. You can do that. And you are in a sense, enhancing a natural process by means of work. So you lift heavy things and then you recover and you intake calories and protein in particular, your muscles will grow. That's how it that's, was designed. Yes. That's mm-hmm. how it was designed. Correct. You can get totally jacked and be super strong with a natural process. But some guys who want to get huge just to look huge, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? mm-hmm. they take anabolic steroids and they're able to work out longer. And there are some health detriments uh, to the wrong use of steroids and such. And it can be, it can be harmful, um, but they, they end up getting super ripped. Right. Mm-hmm. That to me crosses a line where I think they're, they're not content with the natural process that God has made and their reasoning is more vain than it is, uh, profitable. If I could say. Yeah. Not content with the natural process. And to use that same illustration though, we would use, um, and I'm not disagreeing with you here. Uh, we would use steroids, steroidal creams, whatever, uh, to reduce inflammation or whatever they do, um, in medicinal purposes to heal us. Correct. So right. a uh, not, simil- not necessarily anabolic ones, but, um, yes, but a similar yeah. product, maybe it's processed by the body differently, but a similar, um, component that is steroids using used in one way to circumvent the design and in the other way to heal a deficiency. Um, and, that's interesting. Uh, I, I like that. Um, I like that distinction. So, in some ways, um, when we talk about genetic modification, and I am aware 
that I'm asking one aspect of this question. If somebody wants to get into the issue of genetic modification, there are likely other significant issues to consider. But, um, but in this part here that we're talking about, um, does are we saying that the intent um, can guide it to some degree? That the reason matters why we're yes. why we would consider. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. it's at least part of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So you're talking discontent um, uh, versus essentially a nourishing, um, and we're trying to try trying to design trying to do the designer's job well, yeah. versus trying to. Uh, and I would go even farther than nourishing. I would say improving. Uh, I think there are ways that we can improve our bodies um, that I don't think are that are, are within are, the design, are, the original design. Sure. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, um, because because in some ways, discontent underlies all um, all advancement. Right. I mean, we say, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. Right. So we create a better way. Well, all right. Because we said, uh, you know, there. Anyway, I, so maybe we don't want to call it discontent, but in some ways that sort of is, we, we recognize there is yeah. a better way. We're, we're, we're not content to stay with this way when we recognize there's a more efficient or productive way of doing it. So we, we you know, we design a different way of doing it. Um, that yeah, I don't, I don't know that good. necessarily recognizing that something could be done in a better way and then wanting to do it that way. I, I don't know that that's discontent Okay. Uh, in every okay. case. I mean, mm -hmm. we'd still be living in the Stone Age um, if that were the case. Um, you know, there's, well, there's always I, there's always a way to improve something, um, and I don't think that's always wrong to do so. Yeah, well, we could possibly say that discontent isn't always wrong when it when uh, uh, you know, unless we're talking May about being content with the design. But I mean, if within yeah. God's design, He desires us to expand is, things is, and develop things and use them. Yeah, is satisfaction a better word? Like dissatisfaction rather than discontent? I guess because discontent in my mind, I associate it with almost uh, like a immoral languishing, right? In mm. which someone mm. is saying, mm -hmm. "I just hate the situation God put me in, and uh -huh. I don't. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm going to try and fix this myself." You're probably um, right that uh, dissatisfied. Uh, in that specific circumstance is a better word. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think dissatisfied yeah, I can, with this particular outcome. Sure. I can be dissatisfied. So like the other day, so I, so I, I do blacksmithing the other day, the handle on my hammer wasn't going so great. It was not working well. It was too thin. My hand was cramping. I just mm. had gotten used to it. And then finally I, all I needed was a reason to change out this hammer handle. Um, so I made myself a new handle cause I was discontent with the former one. Right. Mm -hmm. I made a new one and now my hand mm -hmm. feels better. Right. And actually <laughs> there's less vibration in the hammer. Um, so was, was I discontent? Was I like, man, God gave me this hammer and I'm just not going to tolerate it this way. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't discontent. I was dissatisfied. Mm. I thought this could be better. I'm going to fix this. Um, I wasn't languishing. Right. Um, in a situation that mm -hmm. God seems to have placed on me that didn't, that he didn't have the intent of changing. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's another part of it is, is, uh, we grow discontent when we're in a circumstance that God hasn't made the means of fixing the circumstance overly simplistic or attainable. And we're in yes. a sense fighting to achieve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I see. In a sense, God sometimes, there's a number of ways that God makes things clear. Sometimes he makes things clear by way of circumstances. And he puts circumstances in your way that make something almost impossible for you to achieve. Because mm -hmm. that's that might be in, in that moment for that thing, his way of saying, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to have that. Right? I Yeah. And I do. I am a believer in, in the concept, uh, to at least a, a, a degree of one's lot in life. Um, I think, I think it's two sided. Um, I think you have, you have potential. Everyone has, if you will, a positive potential, negative potential, but you have a potential to expand and to better yourself and to grow. And yet that's all within the confines of God's lot for your life. Uh, that you can, you can look at, 
you know, this trillionaire over here and be like, if I follow these 10 principles of his book, I will become filthy rich. Well, no, actually, you may not. You probably will become richer than you are, but you'll never be him because you just couldn't be. Um, your, your lot in life is different. Um, and so to, so the modern concept, you can be whatever you want to be. No, you could probably be better than you are. Um, and you could, you could reach, you could reach further than you think you can, but you can't be anything you want to be. Um, because that's just not your lot in life. You have, you, there, you, there's a certain place where you've maxed out your potential. Um, you know, you've reached, you've reached the, uh, your, your maturity, your growth is only going to ever reach so far. So anyway, uh, I agree with that, that idea that, uh, when you say, um, uh, the contentedness, you know, sometimes you in your lot don't have the capacity to change that thing and to chafe against it would just be a discontent. Um, if am I, am I follow on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so I realized my mistake now. I was thinking of the word uh, anaerobic, not anaerobic. anabolic. Yeah. Okay. Anaerobic has to do with oxygen. Um, anabolic has to do with the building of amino acids and proteins as opposed to catabolic, which has to do with tearing them apart. Uh, okay. So I was just looking it up here. The word that I was thinking of is anaerobic. Anaerobic steroids. Yeah. Uh, no, there's, there's not anaerobic steroids. I was just thinking oh. of the word anaerobic. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I mixed up anaerobic and anabolic. Okay. So it happened. So, yeah. So, uh, then to, to maybe go back to our question, maybe there's not a great answer here, but at some point, um, and I think this may reflect on our last conversation, uh, at some point, everybody has to draw a line, right? Uh, yeah. where we say, okay, God made hair. Um, you know, God made say the woman's hair, he made it a beautiful thing, calls it a crown, um, you know, whatever, uh, to say that, but, but he made her hair a specific color. So is she playing God to, to color that hair? Is she playing God to brush her hair and do it, you know, to, to braid it and, you know, put it in some pretty way on her head? Or is that just a part of beautifying, you know, uh, using what yeah. God's given her to, to be beautiful uh, is there a line there? Um, well, if if her hair can be a tapestry, can her skin be a tapestry? You know, uh, is there is there does the Bible not address hair, but it does address skin as a tapestry? And I think we'll address that in a different question. But um, uh, anyway, everybody, you know, and then so then we step maybe to what seems like an extreme and go to genetic modification and say, well, uh, maybe to to uh, to prevent um, a, an aspect of the curse that is to try to, that is to try to circumvent maybe a hereditary disease, but on the other hand, not to custom make my baby and make it something that God didn't design it to be. There's a line there. Everybody's going to have to draw so, a line somewhere, right? Just, so to, to clarify, you're not suggesting that a lady who's getting a little gray and wants to color her hair, you're not suggesting that that crosses a line where you are. I'm not, but I'm saying that people are going to have to consider that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not stating my stance one way or the other. I'm just saying that, um, that, that would be the re that could be a reasoning going into it saying, well, God made her this way, but he also made her without makeup. Well, he also, when she was born, you know, her hair wasn't brushed either, you know? So you have to determine at what point can she exercise a creative ability without crossing over into changing God's design for her, right? Sure. And to some extent, we also have to acknowledge that not everything natural is good. Hmm. And, and well, like, yeah, I think some, are you yeah, talking sometimes, about the curse of sin? Is that kind of what you're dealing with there? Like um, certain the curse of sin, and... but also the use of things many times. So like some Christians mm. argue that based on something being natural, that somehow it's closer to God and that it's somehow better. Okay. Um, that's not always the case. Um, you know, one example of that would be the use of, of marijuana. <laughs> you know, it contains THC, which is a mind altering drug. Um, God made marijuana. <laughs> um, but you, we wouldn't suggest that, you know, oh, because natural, that means good that you should go ahead and, you know, smoke weed. Um, so n- we have to be careful about the fallacy that everything that's natural is good. 
um, it's not always the case. So to say that, well, well, just because you know a lady's hair turns gray over time, well, that's just natural. That's just nature. Um, well, well, no, that 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 has to die the death of a thousand cuts because, as you said, you know, we're also you know born with you know messed up hair, and in some cases, no hair. Does that mean if you were born bald that you should just shave your head your whole life? Um, no, <laughs> of course not. Because um, there that's are other the argument principles. I should use with my wife. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> want me to shave my head bald, but you could say, but honey, that was my natural state. Yeah, you were born naturally bald. Right. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, my uncle called me Hoghead. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have admitted that to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do I see that coming back to bite me? No, it's kidding. Because well, coupled with being bald, I was fat, you know? So that probably didn't make a, yeah. Didn't oh, help man. Fat and bald. Anyway. I don't know where we're going with this now. <laughs> Did I just derail you? Yeah, yeah. I think we should move on. <laughs> um, we're we're actually at about time. Is there something else that we want to Are throw you in here? Real we're quick? at time. Just about. Oh my! Wow, that time flew um, today. <laughs> so, um, so what are we gonna like? Wow. What are we? What are we gonna title this? Trash picking and 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 playing God. You know, oh, or like man, I don't or know. Like, we're gonna picking. we're gonna call this episode something like "Old Hoghead." <laughs> <laughs> Trash picking is. and human creativity. There's um, our there's our title, "Old Hoghead." <laughs> old Hoghead. <laughs> and now listen, the whole episode going. Where are they gonna get "Old Hoghead" from? I'm not <laughs> seeing it until the end. Like, oh, I had to listen to the whole episode to get that. Oh um, man, listeners, I'm sorry. Go- we haven't covered a whole lot of your questions today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many here. Um <clears throat> is there any quick one here that we uh we deal with? I honestly do don't we? know what the last uh five are, so I, I, oh, I really okay. can't speak to to those. Um All right. and the other ones are too big. Th- those are my questions, those last few. <laughs> yeah. Um, um I, okay. I suppose maybe this is something you could answer quick, or did you? Do you want to right, go ahead? I was gonna, I was gonna do the if Adam, but go ahead. Oh, um, but hmm. if you got a better, maybe one, we can do like a like a like a rapid fire thing and get those two done real quick. What do you think? Uh, let's give it a shot. All right, let's do yours At first. Least get one. Okay. Um, one listener writes in, Cody says, uh, if Adam never sinned in the garden of Eden, but one of his sons did in the future, would there be a perfect race and a defiled race? Could the perfect race essentially die for the sins of the defiled ones as Jesus did? Whoa. Okay. Um, can I, can I give a cop out answer and say, well, Adam did sin. That's how it went. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I was going to give like a quick story, you know, of the, uh, the, uh, um, the drill, uh, drill sergeant, you know, and he's, uh, he's training this guy and he says, uh, you know, soldier, uh, 1000 soldiers come over on your left flank. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, shoot them all down, sir. You know, I pick up my gun and shoot them all down. Oh, oh, well, straight ahead of you. Uh, 500 more come over the hill. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, shoot them all down with my gun, sir. You know, oh, your right flank, suddenly uh, 200 more soldiers come cresting the hill. Uh, what are you going to do about those? Uh, I'd, I'd shoot them all with my gun, sir. And he's like, where are you getting all these bullets? And he says, same place you're getting all these soldiers. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hypothetical meets hypothetical. Um, and so when you get to a hypothetical situation, like what if, well, I guess I sort of answer with, well, what if? I mean, or, I think you know, I do have an answer though. Okay. And I think it's rather simple. So if Adam had not sinned in the garden, but one of his sons did, mm-hmm. given enough time, Adam still would have sinned eventually. And the reason I believe that is because man is not God. Even though Adam was created in innocence, innocence and perfection, not being God, I don't think it ever would have lasted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk out on that log too far. Um, <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm just gonna say it, we know how it did turn out. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, I'm not, it's, it's, it's an, uh, it's a hypothetical to me that doesn't really uh, serve yeah. much of a purpose. And so, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just thinking in terms of dispensational thinking in which in every dispensation, God mm-hmm. gave man commands, mm-hmm. he gave man responsibility, he gave man revelation. And in every case, man failed. And that is in a sense, I don't want to say baked into the cake, but that's, that's part of the story is that in every dispensation, the purpose was for man to learn that he's not God and apart from God, he is eternally hopeless. And I think that had Adam not sinned and then and, and had kids and then one of his kids sinned, just given enough time, Adam probably would have sinned eventually too. Um, yeah, he's, not, the, he's not God. I think the theological issue that we just have to be careful of with that answer is that um, – yeah, uh, is is somehow saying God created somebody that he knew would sin, which obviously he did know he would sin, but kind of saying he created this creature and said, well, theoretically, you know, you could uh, make the right decision. And uh, and almost like the uh, predestination thing that um, anyway, it just borders on on the that answer saying it's just baked into the cake. You will sin and all of this is going to be set into motion, although, again, he knew that. So anyway, it's just. I'm not expressing it real well, but I think maybe the better part of the question uh, is, could the perfect race essentially die for the sins of the defiled ones as Jesus did? In other words, could a perfect human atone for a sinful human, or did it take the God-man to die for sinful humanity? Does that make sense? Uh Could a sinful human die for, uh, excuse me, could a perfect human die for the sinful human race? Is Is that what it took? And are, uh, you, that's, are you thinking out loud or are you asking? I'm thinking out loud. That's I mean, an interesting question, um, you know, when you think, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I can't give a great answer to that right up right up front without some more um, concerted thought and study there. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So it was part of the plan. So no, no perfect human had there ever been one existed um, since Adam could have done that because Jesus Christ dying for sin, his incarnation, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his treatment by his critics and enemies, all of that was part of the plan before the foundation of the world. Okay. Why don't you um, fire your question out here? Oh, yeah. I forgot we were going to do that. Okay, so this one, renewing wedding vows. Mm-hmm. Is is this a thing we should do? Is is It almost seems like um, a vow, should you have to renew it? Um, should, I, I guess I'm just, I'm really looking for, for insight and answers on it. Because um, someone asked me recently, you know, do you ever do renewal of marriage vows? I'm like, well, well I haven't. Um, <laughs> but I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, my thought is, I mean, I, I guess it depends to some degree how it's stated when you renew uh, the vows. For me, I guess that would make a difference. Though the overall idea I'm fine with, it's like, uh, it's the same thing as, uh, it's similar. I wouldn't say it's the same thing. It's similar to saying, well, I tell my wife I love her every day. You know, I didn't say, well, I love you on the day of our wedding and I don't have to say it again because nothing's changed. <laughs> um, so, so the idea that I could renew my, I could say my vows again. I mean, I could, I could as much as say that across the, the kitchen table and say, honey, you know, I still, <laughs> no, I'm serious to, to say, I still would choose you. I still uh, pledge to be the best husband I can be to you to provide for you. Well, it's not right. technically a, a, a renewing of his vows, but he's, say, he's saying, you know, honey, I still believe the same thing. And I just want, you know, and she knows that, but he just wants to say it again to, to, to demonstrate his love. Yeah. So if they want to stand in front and say, I want to renew my vow and and just tell you again, you know, like the first day that I would still make the same. Okay, I'm fine with that. I don't think it undoes anything that was done before or or minimizes no. or minimizes. No, it. it just seems like, and I guess maybe you, you're the way you vocalized it helped helped me. That kind of put it into perspective because my question was basically, does a vow need renewing like that? If it's it a doesn't vow, need renewing, need renewing no. you know, and like you said, you could just do that across the kitchen table. Um, so the whole ceremony of renewing vows almost seems sort of pointless to me. If I'm being honest, it's like, why? It's just almost like an excuse for, uh, like a, a public ceremony 
Uh, and it's like, what well, doesn't have to be, you know? Well, no, I it doesn't. It, there's, there's nothing mandatory about it. It doesn't have to be. Um, a vow doesn't have to be repeated. There doesn't have to be a ceremony. But if it's, if it's significant and special to those people, um, and that's a part of his uh, demonstrating his love to his wife um, and, and cherishing her in that way, sure, you know, okay. go for it. All right. There we go. Okay. Whew. We got a couple more in. Um, so yeah. that the Hoghead episode actually uh, had some, still didn't tie in the Hoghead at all, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's okay. A great title is, is super beneficial. It, it draws the listener in. See, if you're still listening at this point, I've proved my point. <laughs> you clicked on this listener because it's titled Old Hoghead. <laughs> But what if we titled it like, if Adam hadn't sinned, would we still renew vows? You know? Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's heavy. No. That's okay. heavy. All right. <laughs> Trash picking and renewing vows. No, that's not going to sound yeah. good. No, that's not. Trash okay. picking old hog head. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> old hog head in the garbage can oh, okay anyway yeah. in the black no. trash bag um yeah. all right uh, we better be done uh, yeah it's getting silly now yeah we, we, if, if we didn't edit out the last two minutes uh strike that just edit out the last two minutes <laughs> 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 and now we'll finish totally professionally as if we never digressed into mm. any um dumb humor and say uh thank you for joining us again on recent together podcast the uh <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say it right. All right. No. Yeah. The the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. Tom, I'll let you take it away. And I'm going to do this as seriously as as I can here. Right. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. Old Hawk Head. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody listens to that just like, look like, like, Wait, did they get a guest host or something? Who is that? Why is he? <laughs> Whose voice is that? <laughs>